morning. Glad each and every one of you are here today. And uh, I have uh, traditionally, and, and will again this morning, uh, start uh, each uh, first Sunday of a new year this way. And that is if you look around this morning and you find uh, folks that aren't here, uh, you identify faces that aren't with us today, you have an opportunity to do something that they can't do. And that's not just to hear this sermon. Uh, but that is that you have the opportunity to have in 2020 perfect attendance at church. Huh? Because you're here today, you have the opportunity to do that. Those that aren't here today, they can say, well, all but one Sunday. But, but so what I say in regards to that is just simply to encourage you that your attendance here and your involvement here is important. And uh, so make every effort at every opportunity to, to come and be present when we worship the Lord, when we celebrate and give thanks to His name, when we gather around His table to remember His sacrifice, and when we give back to Him from the blessings that He's given to us. And so do that this year as we enter into 2020. If you have your Bibles today, and you would, turn with me to the New Testament book of Matthew, the very first book in the New Testament, chapter 28. Uh, this uh, little bit of hissing is, is kind of... Um, uh, humorous uh, in that uh, earlier today uh, when I got here we put the mic on I walked around I talked we did all kinds of things and we had no no hissing no noise and now all of a sudden we began the sermon and it's not as bad as it's been but we hear it still a little bit so Matthew chapter 28 beginning in verse 17 is a verse or a set of verses that we refer to as the Great Commission um, these are some of the last recorded words that Jesus shared while on earth before he ascended into heaven. His disciples were at a transitional point in their lives and in their, their Christian walk, if you would. They were transitioning from Jesus being present, their Lord and Savior being involved and being a part of their life and giving them instruction on a regular daily basis to his leaving them. To, to his no longer being physically present in their life. Their ministry was changing. Previously, they had been learning. They had been an understudy, trying to gather all of the information they could about the Christian walk and the Christian life and the journey of their faith. Now they were being called by Christ to be those who would lead, to be those who would teach, who would instruct, who would share the information that they had gathered and learned and experienced over the last several years. And so in the midst of this transition, in the midst of this, this difficult time in their life of, of understanding, of moving from one phase of life to another, Jesus shares these words with them. And I think that's important for us today because we're at a transition point. We're at that point of, of transitioning from an old year to a new year. We're at that point of, of transitioning in our lives and, and our work and, and our service to the Lord. And, and so I think these words are important to us today as we close out 2019 and we enter in this first Sunday to 2020. In verse 20 of the text today, he says, Lo, I am with you always. One of the things I want to encourage you to know and to understand uh, is that we can be assured of the presence of the Lord always in our lives. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're experiencing, 
Remember, Jesus' disciples are going through this transition. Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. He physically no longer will be with them. And He is giving them a promise. I'll be with you. I'm not going to be here physically, He said, but I'll be with you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we can understand Jesus' presence always being with us in our life through the example that He gives to His disciples in Matthew chapter 28. So if you have your Bibles and and you've turned there with me this morning, I just want to read these few verses together as we begin our message together today. Beginning in verse 17 uh, of that 28th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, and it says this, But... The, um, and when he saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. I think that's interesting. Some were worshipping him, but some were still doubtful. They were doubtful about the crucifixion. They were doubtful about the, the burial and the resurrection. They had their uncertainties still in their hearts and in their minds and in their lives. They worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, Listen to these words. They're words of power. They're they're words of of authority and instruction. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus proclaims that he is all-powerful. All authority. I, I have authority over everything in heaven and on earth. And with that authority, here's the instruction that I give you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus, speaking to his disciples, knowing that they're going through a a transition, a changing time in their life, and certainly we know that that this church is going through a transition, uh, a changing time in the life and the history of this church, and, uh, and we know in regards to that that there are some uncertainties, that there are some, some questions. Where do we go? What do we do? How do we move from this step forward? And so Jesus gives instruction. The instruction says, I have all authority, I have all power in heaven on earth. And then he says, go therefore. Take action is what he says. Based off the fact that I have this authority in heaven and earth, he says, I want you to do something take action. Go, therefore, because of the authority that I have, because of the power that I have, I commission you to go. And so what I want us to do for just a few moments this morning is I want us to look back at the previous year in order to prepare our hearts to look forward to the coming year. When we look back over a year and experiences in life, we we know that there have been good times and there have been bad times. Every one of us have experienced those in this last year. But we can think of of some real highs, and we can think of some real lows, challenges, and difficulties. We can think of successes, and we can think of failures. We we can think of of those moments, those, those events, even a single word that can make our minds remember something from this past year. So, so I, I stand here this morning and I think about my own life and the experiences of this past year. One of the things is I think about joy, I think about highs, I, I think about positive, good, uh, all of those, those terms that you would identify. I can say one word and everybody in my family will go, immediately go to a thought if I say wedding. 
because this past year, my son and his beautiful new bride were married on October 5th. And I say that word, and every one of our minds from our family immediately go to that moment, to that day, and to that celebration. We can look back over the year, and all of us have moments like that. All of us have moments that we can can say one word, and it, it takes our mind to that moment and to that time. It can be a good thing, or it can be a bad thing. For instance, I could say today the word death. And immediately our minds go to someone that we lost this past year. Someone that we loved, someone that we cared about, someone that was important and significant in our life. doesn't have to necessarily be family, but someone that, that when I say that word, immediately we think of those people who we lost this past year. And so when we begin to look back over the year, one of the things that I want to encourage is that there are some things from this past year that we need to forget. And we struggle with that. We hold on to things. But there are some things that we need to forget, some things we need to let go of. In New York, at this time of year in Times Square, they have what they call Good Riddance Day. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's based off of, a, of another tradition. But the ideal is this. They come together. And they've been doing this for the last several years. And they gather in Times Square and they write down all of the things that they want to say good riddance to from last year. All the things that they want to let go of, all the things that they want to forget and leave behind. And then they have this this huge, enormous, uh, large uh, industrial strength shredder. And they take all of those papers, and of course you can imagine in, in New York Times Square how many people are probably present there and how many pieces of paper they are, and they take them and they throw them in the shredder and they just shred them up into the past so that they can forget those things and, and let go of them. It's, it's modeled off of, of a, a Latin America tradition in which is called the burning of the dolls. And the burning of the dolls, a little bit different, of course, in New York to, to do something like that. But in the burning of the dolls, they take slips of paper and they write down things that they want to let go of, things that they want to forget and leave behind, good riddance to those things. And they wrap them in the, the dolls and then they set the dolls on fire and burn up those pieces of paper. All of these are simply symbolic. All of these are, are simply things that people do in order to try to forget the things of the past. In order to try to let go of those things, to say this is the, the line in the sand that I'm drawing, to say that no longer is that going to hold on to me. No longer am I going to let that hold me down. I'm not going to focus on that failure. I'm not going to focus on those lows or those defeats or those pains or, or those guilts any longer. That's not going to be the bond that holds me back. I'm going to let go of that. First John chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, if we are faithful to confess, He is faithful to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have an opportunity to confess our sins, our failures, our mistakes, our shortcomings, and He says, I promise, if you'll be faithful to do that, I'll be faithful to forgive and listen to this word, cleanse. Cleanse. Wash it away. Be done with it. It's gone. You're clean. No longer do those, those sins of your past, no longer do those failures and mistakes and bad choices, no longer do they taint you, no longer do they stain you, no, no longer do they soil you. He says, I will cleanse you from all of that unrighteousness. All of those things that were wrong, He says, I'll, I'll deliver you from those things. I'll wash you and make you clean. 
And so we need to forget and let those things go by knowing that He has cleansed us and washed us and made us whole. Feelings of pride, arrogance, ego, we need to let those things go too. We need to be very careful that we don't let our lives come to the point that we think that we are more significant or, or that we are better than our Lord. And, and so we need to make sure that we don't use terms like, I'm a self-made person. You're not self-made. None of us made ourselves. We might have accomplished some things in life. We might have done some things in our life that were positive and very good, but we're not self-made. We don't stand up on our own by ourselves. Without the Lord, the Scripture said this morning, what? We can do nothing. We are nothing without Him. And so we need to understand that there are things in our past that we need to let go of. There are some things that we need to remember. We need to remember the blessings, the opportunities. We need to remember His faithfulness. That He says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That, that we, He will always do what He says He will do, and He is who He says He is. And we need to remember that. We, we need to, to remember that our Lord has done and is doing great things for us in our life. We need to remember the blessing this, of this past year. When I mentioned that word wedding, what, what a blessing. We, we talk about what a wonderful day that was and what a blessing it was. We need to remember that. Last year at this time, that word for us would have been birth. We had our first grandson. You guys have seen him. He's been here. And, and he was born into our lives. And, and, uh, and that was a blessing. And so there are things that we need to remember, things that we need to forget, things that we need to let go of, but there are things that we need to remember. Remember the blessings. Re- remember the opportunities. Remember his faithfulness. Remember the good things that he's done for us in our life. The, the other thing that we need to do is we need to forget. We need to receive God's forgiveness. And, and we need to forgive ourselves, and we need to extend God's forgiveness to others. And we struggle with that in our lives. We struggle with the idea of forgiving ourselves, and oftentimes with forgiving others. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching on giving to the poor and prayer. And as he, te- as he teaches on giving to the poor and prayer, he's talking about all of the responsibility that comes with that. He's talking about all of the opportunity that comes with that. And then he brings us in verses 9 through 13 to what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. And we often pray that and we quote it together as we share together in, uh, around a prayer time or something of that nature. And, and he gives us this model prayer as he's talking about giving to the poor and our prayer life. But when he reaches the end of that prayer, all the other things that he's taught throughout this chapter and prior to that, he comes to the end of of what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, and then he gives us some instruction. And the instruction that he gives us is that unless we can forgive others, we can't receive forgiveness. We need to understand the power of that. What he's saying literally is this. He says, if you forgive others then you open wide the door to your heart, to your mind, to your life for the Lord to forgive you. But if we withhold forgiveness from others, he says, it's like we're standing and holding the doors closed. And God wants to come in and he wants to forgive us. 
He wants to help us in our spiritual journey, our spiritual life. But we're standing there because we refuse to forgive someone. We're standing there holding the door shut, saying to God, I don't want you to come in and forgive me. I don't want to let go of this thing that's in my past. I don't want to forget about it. I want to hold on to it. And by holding on to that lack of forgiveness, we're holding closed the door that allows God to come in and give us the forgiveness that we desire and that we need and that we want in our lives. And so Jesus' instruction, he says, listen, if you want to live this year to the best of your ability, then he says you have to forgive. You have to receive my forgiveness. You have to forgive yourself, and you have to forgive others. And by doing so, you open the door that allows me to come in and give you the forgiveness and grace and mercy that you need. And we struggle with that. We struggle with, with let's start this new year off relationship to the right regards of forgiveness. Let's receive God's forgiveness. Let's forgive ourselves and let's forgive others so that we can start this new year in the right way. Well, that's enough about the past. Now let's talk about the future. Let's talk about looking forward to the future to this year. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Paul writes and he says this, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. I like that word. And Paul says, I'm not there yet. Doesn't mean I, I'm not going to get there. Doesn't mean that, that I'm not trying to get there. Doesn't mean that I've given up. I, I, haven't, I haven't laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I want you to think about that for a moment. I, I think it's interesting that Paul writes and he says, one thing I do. Well, wait a minute. That kind of sounded like two things, didn't it? I forget what lies behind and I press on or I reach for that which lies ahead. That sounds like two separate things to me. He says, this one thing I do. The fact of the matter is, it really is just one thing. Because we can never reach to the future unless we let go of the past. If we keep holding on to the past, the past keeps holding us here, and we can't reach to the future. We can't look for this year or tomorrow or next week or next month if we're allowing the past to hold on to us or we're holding on to it. And so he says, this one thing I do, it's one continuous motion. It's one continuous action that he's talking about here. And he says, I, I let go of forgetting what lies behind is an action and then I reach forward to what lies ahead. And he says all of that goes together. It's just one thing. You can't separate the two. There's no way I can reach for what's ahead of me unless I forget what lies behind me. If I can't forget what lies behind me, there's no reason. And so they go together. They're one thing. That Paul writes and he says this is what we really need to do. We really need to be able to, to let go of the past in order to be able to reach to the future. We need to put those things behind us in order to be able to move forward in life. It's a time of year that we talk about resolutions. And we are resolved to do certain things. And we are determined to do certain things. And he says if we're going to do that, we must do them in obedience. We must do them in faithfulness. We can't do them on our own. We can't say, I'm resolved and I'm determined that this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do that. He says, no, no, no. He said, if you resolve and you're determined, you do it with me. You do it in obedience and faithfulness to my word. You do it through your prayer life, as we talked about from Matthew chapter 6. We do it through, through our con continual communication to the Father. 
allowing Him to give us direction in everything in our lives. We do it through discipleship. Isn't that what He said in Matthew, the 28th chapter, where we began this morning? You see, what stands between the past and the future is the present. And really, that's all we have. The past is gone. There's no guarantee of the future. All we really have is today. All we really have is the present and this moment. The past is over and gone. The future is not guaranteed. We only can be sure of the present. And so the question would be this. What are we doing today to obey our Lord, to move from the past toward the future? letting go of what lies behind, forgetting what's behind us, and reaching toward the future. And for notice what he said. He said, I, I don't have the future. I'm reaching for the future. Because all I really have is the present. What are we doing right now to serve our Lord? What are we doing right now for our spiritual journey? What are we doing right now for the kingdom of God? Listen to what Jesus said as he gathered and he knew that his disciples were going through a transition. He said, All authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Go, therefore, because of this authority, I'm giving you instruction. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Let me ask you, individually, in your life, are you doing that right now? Are you going and making disciples? Are you baptizing people into the kingdom of God? Are you teaching them to observe all that He has commanded? That's an individual instruction for every believer. It's not something that's reserved for the preacher. It's not something that's reserved for, for the elders or the deacons or the leaders or the Sunday school teachers. That is an individual instruction to every disciple who becomes a part of the kingdom of God being involved with and a part of the process of obedience of doing what God has called us to do. What about as a church collectively? Are we doing that right now? We're going and making disciples. We're baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Are we teaching them to observe all that He has commanded? Because then He has a promise that says, Lo, I am with you always. As we look back over this last year, listen, there are, are some things we need to forget, things we need to let go of. There's some things that we need to embrace and remember. But the important thing is we let go of what lies behind and we press on to what lies ahead and that we begin doing it right now in the present. And that we begin obeying and serving and being faithful to our Lord. This morning we're going to offer an invitation to an invitation is, is a time for us to make decisions. Decisions about the message, decisions about the Word, decisions about our life and where we are today. And so if there's a decision on your heart this morning, maybe you, you've been holding on to the past and you need to let go of it. Maybe you've been living in your guilt and shame of something that you've done and today's the day that you say, you know what, I'm not going to live that way any longer. God doesn't want me to live that way. I'm going to let go of that. I'm, I'm going to leave it in the past, and I'm going to forget what lies behind, and I'm going to press to, to what is before me in the Lord. 
Maybe today is, is a day that you need to make a decision. But you know what? I haven't been living as God's called me to live. I, I haven't been going and making disciples. I haven't been involved in the process of baptizing believers into the kingdom of God. I haven't been, been committed to teaching people to observe what He's commanded. I want to change that today. This year I want to live my life differently in regards to obedience to the instructions of God's Word. Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never been discipled and you've never been baptized and you've never allowed Him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Whatever decisions on your heart today, won't you come as we stand and we sing?